Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent, with exclusive contents for our patrons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista. Son nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E os pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasic, with you, as always, every week, bringing you the latest. With me also, he is the maple leaf to my red and white, Dave D'Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? <laughs> what is going on, Alfredo? Uh, what's going on to the Freddies uh, in the chat uh, here? Great to be on another night, another podcast as uh, another canadian once uh said on uh, a podcast uh here not too long ago but great to be back and uh i'm just feeling good alfredo how are you feeling i think when we're we're just pulling out wins and from these past seasons that uh we've been here it feels good to to win winning feels good i feel awful i, I feel you, awful you don't feel i feel awful. i feel awesome that's oh, what okay. I, that's what I meant to say. I was gonna say, geez, negative Cristiano was in here. Did he brush off on you? Like, uh, if you're feeling awful after seven, what is it, seven, eight wins? Uh, God, I don't know what uh, completes you at that point. No, nah, man, I feel great. Especially, I mean, you know, and you've been my companion, and you and, and Cristiano, obviously, you guys have been my companion in this in this voyage that hasn't been too pleasant. We went through, through through some rough seas, but it looks like we finally got to Tahiti, and now it's nothing but uh, uh, scantily clad uh, women in bikinis and uh, and beverages. And uh, look, we're, I'm ready. I'm ready for the season, man. It's been uh, it's been a very encouraging August, as you guys as you guys know, and and from the results also. Uh, but I think that. Um, we can't get away. We can't get away from the fact that there's still five or six months left in the season. There's still a lot that, that will go on during the season. So it's good to be encouraged. Look, it's good to wake up in the morning and not think, "Fucking Benfica, some fuzz," you know. <laughs> it's good to wake up and with a smile on your face and say, "Man, I'm looking. For, I'm looking. For, I gotta be honest, Dave. Every time the game ends." I'm always looking for. I'm already looking forward to the next one. You want more. You want more. Same I want here. More. And it, 
Just if, like uh, Jose Arushu here in the uh, chat says, we're not just winning, we're playing well too. And that's true too, right? Because at the end of the, like, how many seasons now have we came here and we might have picked up the three points, but God, it was a chore to watch Benfica. Now it's, we put our feet up, get a beer and, and uh, relax and enjoy what we're watching here. So, Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Look, at, look, it's just, um, it's one of those things, man. All in the world is is good. All in the world is good when Befica is winning. But as I mentioned, it's a long road ahead, and we have to uh, we have to be patient. We have to stay supportive, and we have to, to stay positive. Uh, and hopefully by May we'll we'll get to where we want to get to the promised land. Um, but anyway, uh, I wanted to say hello to all the Freddies that have joined us. Uh, Many Valadão was uh, was was just at Porto. He's saying he was at the Boa Vista game. Awesome. The Bovista games is uh, the Bovista game is one of the games we'll be recapping tonight. That's one of our our topics. We're also going to be uh, looking at the Pas Freire game and the Champions League game, and obviously with the with the window closing, um, I think it closes on the first at midnight, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, with the window closing on that date, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll have uh, some news. Uh, but we'll have a full recap of Benfica's transfer window or summer window uh, in the next podcast. Uh, Cristiano should be back by then, uh, and if he's not, we'll, we'll find somebody else to uh, fill in. Uh, you know, two guys. Chris that... is closing those uh, those last minute transfers yeah. there for Benfica. Well, you so know, it, 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 give the guy a break. Yeah, he told me that he's not coming on a podcast until he closes Orta. I said, fair enough. Just make sure you get the right price and the right Horta, maybe. <laughs> in the right art yeah yeah like carlos says one game at a time yeah that that's exactly it man uh Dave, davy hen said i wanted to see chris's awkward moment now that joel mario and florentine are standing on their head yeah look i've dave i i've i've thought about that davy i've thought about that but i don't want to say anything because chris always has an excuse for everything he always has a reason <laughs> for for everything so i'm kind of gonna i'm gonna leave it alone uh, but it, and I'll let them play uh, and you know let their play speak for itself, right? Uh, obviously, we know how João Mario started uh, last season, uh, but that could also be because he was extremely familiar with what JJ wanted of him. Um, so so maybe that's why he started so well, and then he kind of went downhill. So uh, you know we'll just have to see. I think that for me, João Mario is he's not necessarily the the first guy on my roster. But he's a guy that's that's a utility guy that's very important. That it may not be beating guys one on one, but he's a guy that knows the rhythms of the game, knows when the game needs to be put on ice, knows when he needs to speed up, and he's a guy that's in, very intelligent. That without the ball plays very well. He knows how to position himself. He knows how to balance the team. He's not going to be the flashiest guy for sure. And it, look, it's not the. It's not these goals that are going to make him a world beater, but but certainly is for me is a guy that needs to remain on this team. Whether he's a starter or not, that's a different story. But I think that he he has a lot uh, to offer. Uh, so yeah, so Bovista and Pasofreda recap the Champions League draw, and uh, we'll look ahead to Vizela. So Dave, let's start with uh, let's start at the beginning with this uh, this Bovista game. Benfica uh, traveled to uh, Stadio do Bessa in Porto. To play Boa Vista, Benfica hadn't won there in the past couple of years. Uh, so 
lots of anticipation. And I think we, we spoke also here last week about it was with the Boavista matches that the season kind of ter- took a, a turn for the worst these past couple of seasons. Uh, so we're, we're all awaiting this game with anticipation. Uh, I'll, Flack- I'll raise my hand up. I was the one that wasn't feeling confident going into the match. Uh, you guys were pulling out three ones and three nothing score lines. I thought it was going to be a little bit more closer than it was, but hey, I love being proven wrong when uh, it goes our way. But yeah, definitely the ghost, the ghost of bet the best uh, uh, had me haunted going into this match for sure. Yeah, Vlakudimus in goal, Gilberto, Antonio Silva, Murato, and Grimaldo, Tino and Enzo. Neres, João Mario, Rafa, and Ramos. So, Antonio Silva making his, uh, his debut this season for Benfica uh, over Vertonghen. And, Dave, the, the biggest question, and we, we, we asked it here, right? Who's going to play since since Otamendi was going to be suspended? Who's going to play in, in, his, in his spot? Uh, and certainly said Vertonghen, there's Antonio Silva. Uh, what's going to happen? And we felt that, you know... M- Vertonghen with his experience, but again, he, him and Murato are both left uh, left footed players. I actually thought that Antonio Silva would would get the nod because he, he played so well in preseason. What did you think of him? Yeah, I think he he did well. Um, like a small small sample size with just this this one game here, but I think he he held his own. Um, the only time that I could think that he really made uh, a mistake or got caught was the uh, the play he had to make a, a foul and get the uh, get the yellow card on the yeah. uh, the counterattack but other than that he would he, he looks good and there's a lot there to be uh, desired from uh, Antonio Silva so um, yeah. with saying that I know we've already discussed that but Vertonghen that's got to he's got to be on his way out here within the next um, couple of days especially when you got other guys like uh, with João Vitor and um, um, Lucas Verismo coming back from injury too, right? So um, great, great to see what uh, we have here in Antonio Silva. But uh, I think Vertonghen stays as uh, a Benfica player are numbered. Yeah, no, I, uh, look, I, I thought he did pretty well. And you mentioned the yellow card. He picked up that yellow card very early in the game. And he was still able to be disciplined enough and not get anxious and not even become timid in terms of the way he was playing because he already had a yellow card and i think that speaks a lot in terms of the personality of the player and the mentality of the player and i was i was i was impressed by him i was really impressed by him i think he's a he's a guy that's very good on the ball uh he's he's not uh he's not he's physical but he also knows how to be a little silky but uh, and I kind of like that in a in a in a center back. You can't always be extremely physical and let your presence be felt and and be overpowering guys. You need to have those silk feet that every now and again you need to toe poke a ball away from somebody or you know just just make a a, a nice uh, a nice tackle you know without without <laughs> sweeping the guy off his feet. So I I thought it was good. Uh, the other thing with this game, neither Weigel or Yarmchuk were on the bench, and I guess that that kind of signaled what it was going to happen. Obviously, we we heard uh, this week that um, Yarmchuk was already on the way to uh, Bruges and Belgium, and uh, Weigel. It sounds like uh, Weigel is going to join uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach um, 
for on a loan. Thank, thanks for you. Thanks uh, for saying that and saving me the uh, the embarrassment of trying to, yeah. to butcher that one there. And then, but you know who was on a bench? Ouchness. Ouchness was on a bench. Um, Ouchness. <laughs> Ouchness. You got to watch the. You got to you got to watch the video of him. Ouchness. Uh, yes. I'm just gonna pronounce it Ouchness or Frederick. That's gonna work. <laughs> Frederick. Um. Yeah, but you know, good start. On the board, uh, 30 minutes in, one nothing from Muratu after a, a cross from from Nedis on a on a on a corner, uh, and I think we could have gotten into the locker room two nothing. We're not for that uh, that Joao Mario miss. Dave, did you see, when you saw that Joao Mario miss at the end of the game, did you say, uh oh? Maybe I this was could, cursing could, him. Could, I was definitely could... cursing him into into halftime. I was cursing him, and then what is the not to get too ahead of ourselves? But the guy could have finished the game with a, a hat trick. I don't know. You know who he reminded me on that play was my boy Seferovic because God knows we've seen that time and time again uh, by Seferovic uh, missing those those tap ins. But yeah, yeah Joao Mario misses that open net, and I, this is I don't know if we want to spend some time on it or not, but I don't like. Can we not have our strikers take these penalties? Like what? Uh, I wonder what the uh, the reasoning is to have Joao Mario be our number one penalty uh, taker here. It's back-to-back games where he's uh, been our go-to guy, but don't you want your strikers taking uh, your penalties? You could, unless your strikers are not better at taking penalties than, than other guys. I it, Look, that's the thing that, that you uh, that you obviously uh, work on in a training ground, right? You, you pull a bunch of guys and, and you see which guy you know does the best, could be more calm and collective. Collected and and I think that Jean Mario because of his experience and and because of where he's been and uh, in all types of environments I think he's a guy that could be calm and collective and, and still put a ball away with the exception on those easy tappings. <laughs> <laughs> but but certainly uh, you know it was uh, it, it was interesting and I said man I hope that um, that that doesn't come back to bite us but. Uh, I don't know. I think that even with that Joe Mario chance, we had a couple of more chances, and you know we could have easily gone into the half, you know, up to nothing or three nothing. Um, in the 62nd minute, uh, substitution back came in for Gilberto, Musa came in for Ramos, Gonçalves came in for Neres, and um, and in the 67th minute, Joe Mario would get uh, would would finally get his goal uh, on an assist from from Musa. And then in the 82nd minute, Joe Mari with the PK, um, which, you know, I was, Dave, I, I was surprised that Benfica got that PK. Yes, yes. Yeah. I will, uh, usually I'll don't put get my those. hand up. I'll put my hand up right now. I don't think that was, uh, that should have been a, a penalty. I think that when he makes that foul, it's just outside the box. And uh, I, I, I didn't think it needed to go to VAR, and then the fact that it went to VAR and they still ended up giving it to us. Um, I'll I'll be the first to admit it. We we shouldn't have we shouldn't have gotten that penalty. We we can't sit here and complain when our other uh, our other rivals get those yeah. those calls their way. But I'll I'll be the first to admit it. that shouldn't have been that shouldn't have been a, a yeah, penalty I mean, there. You know we can't we can't be hypocrites, right? Um, yeah. I thought. It was in the box or, or right on the line, um, so it, technically it was a, a penalty. I just thought that the ball had already left his foot when he fouled him, and and that's the way I was kind of looking at it. But here's the thing. We've seen so many of those PKs um, 
being called for other teams that we shall remain nameless. But we've seen those. But I think that, and is the the thing is it's 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 a it's it's kind of like a, a mixed bag almost, right? Because the ball had already departed, but you got a tackle from behind where basically you go studs up on a guy's ankle. So just because the ball had just had already left, that doesn't mean that that's not a foul, right? It's it's like I kick the ball and you punch me in the face, right? Oh, but the ball was away. So, so kind of like what happened in uh, today's game. Yeah. So I I think that that's how you, that's why you call that foul. It wasn't. It was more because of the foul afterwards than it was in the foul during the actual play. That that's the way mm-hmm. I kind of look at it, Dave. I don't know, but I it was definitely inside. I think it, it was I was on a line, if I'm not mistaken. From I mean, they showed so many replays. It was uh, it was on a line, and on a line is is part of the box. So, um, but yeah, and then we saw uh, Ouchness make his debut. Came in for Enzo uh, in the 89th minute. Not much, but you know, I guess it was good enough to just uh, get those jitters out. I guess at the at the Bessa. Um, yeah, and then we also saw Reece Teach replace uh, Grimaldo in the 90th minute. Um, Got to put some some stats up here from from goal point. Um, 16 shots for Benfica against four from uh, Boa Vista. Uh, six of those 16 shots were on goal. Uh, action in the opponent's box: 26 for Benfica, seven for uh, Boa Vista. Corners, 8 for Benfica, 7 for Boavista. Uh, pass efficiency, 85% for uh, Benfica, 74 for Boavista. Uh, and then uh, uh, efficiency in vertical passing, 68% against 59. Um, actions, uh, defensive actions in the opponent's midfield, 22 for Benfica. Uh, these these guys keep getting creative on these uh, on these stats. Look, I, I thought it was it's those analytics, the analytics, the the the, the power bis. Dave, um, what'd you think of the game in general, man? Yeah, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be going into it. Right, I thought uh, we were going to be having to claw and and get every uh, inch uh, in this game, but a three nothing score line where it could have been even worse. I think I'm, my brain is just used and got a lot of scar <laughs> tissue of the last couple of seasons where I've been poisoned by this uh, Benfica. So it's it's good to be seeing us dominate and, and kind of put some of these ghosts behind us uh, here. But great, great result. And like I said, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to watch Benfica through the, the first month of the season here. No, absolutely. And I th- look, I thought that Benfica was always superior and then when we got to the two nothing when at a point that that Bovis had come out of the locker room and they really want to kind of bring the game to to Benfica um I thought that two nothing was was a great uh response to what Bovista was uh, was trying to do defensively solid uh for Benfica and I thought the substitutions uh at the 60th minute um took took some of the attacking threats for for Benfica uh, but I also you you also got to think about the the amount of games that these guys are are playing, and you also had a game uh, on, coming up on Tuesday, and then you got you know one on Friday, and then you got the Champions. You're gonna come uh, hard and and, and fast. Uh, but I thought those guys 
did well, even though now we kind of lost some of that offensive um, spark, um, you know, with, with uh, Neres and, and Ramos going out. Not that Ramos was doing much, uh, but certainly, you know, it was uh, it was good. Good result at the Bessa. It's always difficult up there. Um, so, you know, we just uh, we just move on. We just move on. Um, up next, Pasfredo, which has happened today. And uh, I'll give you the lineup, and, and David, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, Vlacodimus is in goal. Ba got to start instead of Gilberto, Otamendi, Murato, and Grimaldo, Tino, and Enzo, Neres, João Mario, Rafa, and Ramos. So not, not much different here with the exception of Antonio Silva not being there. Otamendi came back, and then Ba um, replacing uh, Gilberto. And, and look, this is something that we often talk about here, Dave, that, uh, oh, uh, do you have any numbers on on, on a game of Boavista? I, I forgot to ask you. What the, uh, only, the only one was here. João Mario with a brace for only yeah. the second time in his career there. Yeah, Last sorry. one came in, uh, in March 2016. Yeah, sorry. So he's getting ahead of myself. So, uh, no worries. This, this uh, Freire, uh game, um, you know, we saw, in like I was saying, we often see Gilberto getting a little bit when the Thursday end of the game. So, and I think that that by now Ba deserved a, a start. Not that Gilberto has, has been doing poorly, uh, but I think that every time that Ba has come in, he's 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 done he's done the business. He's done well. Uh, so I think that uh, why not rotate? And I think at this point, I don't know if you if you see much difference between those two guys, Dave. I don't, and that's why I think it was a good a good uh, move by Schmidt to give Ba uh, a chance and give more give Gilberto a breather because I agree that we haven't been seeing that um, that Gilberto Carlos that we've been used to uh, to seeing. So a little bit of rest never uh, hurt. Maybe recharge the batteries here for uh, Gilberto and and Ba definitely showed what he can bring to the table in preseason. So let him get some run here uh, in a midweek uh, match. Yeah, Passos uh, again, like many teams, uh, setting up in a in a five four one, five defenders, and then a, a bank of four guys, and then a guy just up front. Um, and it, uh, you know, we um, we had a couple chances. We had a couple chances until we scored in in the uh, uh, actually Bovista score first. Sorry, Bovista score first in the thirty ninth minute. Passos. Oh, yeah. See, this is what happens when you're. When you're recapping way too many games together, everything uh, <laughs> overlaps. Yeah, Pass Pass scored the first game on on the 39th minute, kind of like a fortuitous from from a good shot, and then uh, uh, just a, a redirectioning uh, on a header. But really, the Pass scored a goal against the run of play, which uh, I thought that um, that I thought that was unfortunate for Mifika to allow a goal like that. But the way the team came back. Uh, and the way the team, and perhaps Dave's in past years, we might have seen the team allow a goal and kind of get down or not have that type of reaction or not have that type of response. And when you look at the way this team played and they, they never even slowed down, they just kept, they just kept working at it and then getting a the goal. And then two minutes later, uh, getting another goal, uh, the first one by Nerz. Uh, from an assi- uh, Rafa assistant and the second one, Joe Mario PK. Uh, I thought that um, it's it's definitely something different from last season, Dave. Yeah, that's definitely something that I took away from from this match. We definitely came and started the uh, the game off strong, 
uh, had a couple of chances, uh, scored a goal, called back off offside. Um, definitely some questionable non-calls there in the first half uh, as well, but you could um, look at the jackass who was refereeing our, our game here. But um, yeah, that's the main difference between this season and, and previous uh, seasons where we go down one after we've pulled, put uh, a full press on and Previous seasons, we just fold like a yeah. cheap uh, cheap suit. Where this, we just came right back at them, and we're lucky uh, enough to get the the positive result going into halftime and getting those uh, two quick uh, goals right after each other. Yeah, and, and I mean, when we talk about, and you guys heard me here in the beginning of the podcast, I feel encouraged by by watching this team. There's so many differences from this team. Um, to last year's team or even the year before that. And I think that's what leaves me encouraged is that the mentality of the team and the way they approach things is completely different. Obviously, winning games builds your confidence, and if you're playing with confidence, there's a lot that you're going to be able to accomplish uh, even when things are not going your way. But certainly, man, when you look at how unfazed the team was after going down one nothing, even though they were dominating the whole first half, and then then to be able to to strike, boom, boom, well, just like that within two minutes, and then I said, okay, you know, enough uh, enough playing around. Uh, here here's how we answer this, and then going into the locker room, um, already in an advantage in an advantage situation was even better because you take that that tie into the locker room there's 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 no saying on how passers was going to come back for the second half whether they were going to even put more guys behind the ball if they were going to do anti-jogo whatever but i think that when you scored that second goal before the half now you kind of set the the tone for the second half uh, and look, you, you created they created enough chances um, to get um, to, to to be to go to the locker room ahead. So I, I mean, I I thought it was it was fair that Benfica was winning going into the locker room at halftime uh, because Benfica was just uh, much better than Paso Freire. Um, can't can't say more than that. I, we you hit the nail right on the the uh, the head there, uh, Alfredo. Yeah. Uh, and then in the second half, started the game and, and right inside the first 15 minutes, uh, 3-1. Ramos from a, a João Mario assist. Let me let me just, I just wanted to talk, and we spoke about the penalty. Uh, <laughs> we spoke about the penalty against Boa Vista. We'll, we'll talk about this penalty also. But here's the thing. How surprises everybody that we're actually getting penalties called for us? What is it? Two through the first four games of the season. Where did we go? Almost like twenty plus games. That was it. The last last season where we didn't get a penalty penalty this, called. Right. This, the season before that, it's, the the penalties have been very scarce, very very scarce. Um, and and looking at this penalty, it's it's like. Ba touches the ball first, and then he gets he gets hit. But it was so close; it was like a fraction of a second. But I I, I see how uh, how that gets called. Uh, but maybe in years past that doesn't get called because you know they could say oh you know the goalie touched the ball too but I I thought that the goalie uh, hit Bob before he even uh, touched the ball and I think that's that's going to be a foul all day um, and then after after the goal the Ramos goal he had that one opportunity one on one with the keeper tried to put it away and the keeper made a, a kick save 
Uh, so we could have we could have basically put the game away there. We had a couple opportunities to put the game away there, and we didn't. Uh, in the 67th minute, Musa comes in for Ramos. Then in the 77th minute, Gonçalves comes in for Nero Zarouge, comes in for, for Rafa. And then I, I don't know what happened. I think that maybe, you know, the team had played, what, was it Saturday or Friday that the team had played? Saturday. Saturday. Now they're playing Tuesday. So I don't know. I think, I don't know if the team kind of relaxed after the 3 1, said, this is done. You know, let, let's manage some of our, our fatigue. Uh, and I think that there there were some tired legs. I think that Benfica dropped down a little bit on their intensity. They were still playing. They were still moving the ball around, but not with the intensity that they usually that they usually do. And then and then you allowed that that second goal by Pas Ferreira, and then you kind of saw yourself in in a bad position. And then I didn't watch the game live. I was watching the Glat Dave, and in the car I was I was like, oh man, here we go. How many times do we see that? You know, and 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 obviously the Galato is always they they the Galato over exaggerate exaggerate. <laughs> they got to be more descriptive, right? And and look, uh, a play a play in in the midfield might not be as exciting for me as it might be for a radio guy, right? But you, they kind of made it seem, and and now after I watch the game, yes, it was it was right that Pasfreda was pushing Benfica against the ropes. Pas Freire wasn't really pushing Benfica against the ropes. Benfica was defending well. But Pas Freire was spending more time in Benfica's final third than I was comfortable with. Uh, and I think that was, for me, that was the biggest thing. And, and you know, like you said, scar tissue and, and traumatized from, from years past that I'm like, oh, man, please, please, please don't let this happen. I don't know. What, what were you feeling, man, watching the yeah, last 15 the- minutes? The exact same way, Alfredo, where I, I've got definitely some some bad memories of years past where we do concede that that late goal um, there. But I guess we got to retrain our brains that everything's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. The team, we got to have some faith in this this team. But definitely, definitely bad memories, scar tissue, all of, all of the above. But uh, team managed to hold on together and and ultimately get the uh, the result there. Yeah, it's almost like you you get the shakes. You wake up with cold sweats at night. So no, no, you know. So that we was gotta uh, see the, we gotta, we we're seeing the light that night uh, again. Remember that when uh, yeah yeah well, when he saw what's the his light, name saw the light yeah yeah no there was look I I thought and and I just put up the the stats by goal point and and Bifika really dominating twenty seven shots uh, six of them on goal you, you know. Um, Coincidentally, the same amount on goal that they had against uh, against uh, Bovista. Uh, 42 actions in the opponent's box, 13, 13 corners, uh, 88% uh, pass accuracy, uh, you know, 67% possession. I, I think that you look at the score line, it's 3-2, uh, but really the game wasn't even that close. It really wasn't no. that close. You, but you got to give it to to Pasuj. They uh, they capitalized on their chances, right? And this was a team coming into the game that hadn't scored a, a single goal all season. And hadn't won uh, the game yet. Hadn't won a game. Still still winless. But uh, hadn't scored two goals on Benfica, who hadn't conceded a goal all season in the in the Portuguese league. So you got to give um, you got to give some praise to to Pasuj uh, in this game. They definitely uh, capitalized on their minimal opportunities that they had and they gave us a little bit of scare uh, at the end there 
Yeah, now I, you know, I, I agree with Carlos saying here the team's attitude is completely different, 100%. Body language, you see everything. Yeah, I, Carlos, I even mentioned something about uh, last, was it last week? I think it was last week that I mentioned how even the whole body language on the bench and the technical staff is completely different uh, in the way that you see, like, the, the interactions. And obviously you don't need to be there and listen to what they're saying to each other to understand what's going on and, and to get a feel for what what the atmosphere is like and, and what the interactions is like between the technical staff uh but certainly yeah i, I agree body language yeah um and the thing is that um yeah carlos is also saying we missed a lot of chances that's worrisome yeah yeah i don't i don't know that's man. in all our games though like we're, we're still putting away on average like 2.8 goals a match i i believe i saw but there's still a lot more goals that we should be putting away, and we could really be running away with this um, even more than we've been seeing. But yeah, I've been really wasteful, wasteful out uh, up front there. Yeah, and 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 the biggest thing is that um, that Sporting had, Sporting had lost, Porto had lost. We had this game that we needed to make up, and if we had won this game, we'd be in sole possession of first. But how many times have we seen in the past that both those teams lose and then we end up shitting the bed the same way and we never capitalize on on the advantage? And look, here we are. And look, it is what it is. And, you know, I know it's early, but four games into the season and we already have, what, eight points between us and Sporting? I believe, yeah, it's eight. And then, so, yeah, they uh, lost two yeah. games. They lost two games and I think they... Uh, and drew against Braga. Yeah, they tied one. Yeah. So they have what uh one win. They have four points. And four we have points. we have four, four points, twelve points. Yeah. So and that's the thing that I didn't want to happen. Is like, man, please, please let us take advantage of um of uh, of the slip up from both Porto and, and Sporting. So at least we could be somewhat comfortable. But look I mean you look at this game three points and, and certainly is something that Benfica was very dominant. I think that the, um, that the score line is somewhat misleading. If you watch the game, it wasn't, it wasn't that close, but yeah, again, uh, always have to make us Benfica to suffer towards the end of the game. That's just <laughs> something. Carlos saying late game collapses are in our Twitch muscles. <laughs> and that, he's saying uh, prior teams uh, collapsed under pressure. I believe because they they weren't mentally prepared. Uh, there was no confidence, um, and I don't know. Well, maybe that just the players themselves didn't trust each other yeah. or who they who they were playing with too, right? But yeah, I mean no. they gotta just keep proving us wrong. I mean it's for the most part it's the same same group of guys that have have caused these these heartaches and these late yeah. game collapses too. But so. Uh, but okay, keep proving us wrong. Keep showing us that you can pull out these these victories and, and hold on uh, hold on at the, at the end of the game to to get the three points. But just keep proving us wrong, and and we'll be happy in May. Yeah, but I think as as we look at our team, yes, it's basically a lot of the guys are the same guys. But you know, the mental aspect of the game is so important. But but you look at other guys within this team um, that are are clearly making a difference and when you look back and you break everything down and you see how well this team is playing you look at Florentino you look at Enzo uh you look at Neres you look at even how 
I think that Ned is oftentimes elevates Rafa's Rafa's plane, and the reason for that is because when you have a bum on the other wing, it's very easy to kind of shift shift your positioning to really defend about uh, against this guy that's the only guy that could create danger and when you got two guys on each side and sometimes the, Rafa shows up in the middle also when you have these guys now it's very hard to defend against two guys that are unpredictable and that can beat you with pace and that can beat you with the with the one on one uh so it, look it's just been that for me man it's been a couple key guys that have really changed it, and it just so happens that those key guys were not uh, in a locker room last year. Well, with the exception of Rafa, we're not in a locker room last year, and, and it's it's it kind of like we often talk about like a, a toxic environment or the well is poisoned or or it's, there's cancer in a locker room, and I really think that these guys and the way they've been able to come in and be pillars for Benfica is part of this this renaissance if you will obviously i don't want to take anything away from roger schmidt and from all the work that's been done in the preseason and in a change of tactics but when you look at personalities and what these guys have been able to bring to benfica and i think that that tino is a huge surprise for for everyone i i think that a lot of us that that follow tino kind of knew that he had this in him but it always seemed that his game was incomplete. He didn't have all. He didn't have a full skill set like he has now. He still has some improvements to to make, obviously. But what he's been able to bring to this team, and also Enzo, and you could also say that it has a lot to do with the fact that those guys just complement each other. You know, they they play well with each other, and, and it just could be a yin and a yang, and and that's why we have such a solid and, and efficient midfield. But certainly, there's there's some key guys that we need to look at and said, these guys have have been making the difference. I don't know if that's how you feel, Dave. Yeah, one hundred. Whatever, whatever things. Whatever are I say. <laughs> things are working right now, Alfredo. Let's not disrupt. Let's not try to fix something that's uh, not broken. I think I think our brains are 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 have been programmed that these this is not how things should work in Benfica land. If Cristiano was here, is this is the Benfica that we grew that you guys grew up with, where you you guys saw uh, Benfica dominating against these these Moncus, and this is the Benfica that we should be expecting every single single game. But unfortunately, that hasn't been the case uh, these last couple of seasons. So we got to retrain the brain that this is what we should be expecting from our our club here each and every week. Yeah, and, and SLBEES, he says, I'm, I'm concerned that uh, we push up too high on the field against strong teams and it might bite us. Uh, what does anyone else think? Here's the thing, man. That's always been Roger Smith's MO, right? Obviously, when you play that high and you play the high press, if you have a team that could dismantle the press and explore the spaces behind your back, you're always going to be in trouble because you'd need to have the 11 bionic men to be able to get back and defend the whole time and defend for 90 minutes if you play that high but the thing is that we're going to allow goals but the point is that we're going to score a lot more goals than we're going to allow so it wouldn't it's kind of surprised me that Benfica hasn't allowed more goals than what they have and and these first two goals that they allowed against Pasfreda were the first goals that Benfica has allowed this this uh this season domestically but certainly, that is the MO, man. That's the risk you take. 
that's you know it's it's high stakes you know the team pushes up you open up a lot of spaces you don't necessarily have some some speedy center backs uh that will be able to to fetch guys you got grimaldo projected you got Gilberto projected way into the final third and you got the space between the line and the center backs that guys are going to take advantage the whole thing is the timing of the press the timing of the press has to be right because you can't allow guys or teams to come out of that press because every time a team comes out of that press whether it's to switch the ball to the to the weak side you're going to be exposed and if you don't have uh, the legs to get back or even the, the certain balance to, to on on a defensive transition, you're going to be in trouble. But the thing is that we create so much offensive volume that it's easy for us to score goals as long as we have guys that can put them away. And certainly, Gonzalo Ramos has missed them, Musa has missed them, Araujo has missed them, and I don't I don't think that we could have guys uh, miss that many goals. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble. Dave, stats. Stats and recap in this game right here. First time in five years, João Mario has scored in back-to-back games. So, João Mario on fire here through the first uh, month of the season. Uh, good to see Gonzalo Ramos also returning back to the score sheet. Uh, he's got six goals and three assists through Benfica's uh, eight matches of the season. Uh, Benfica's third straight season where they've opened the Portuguese league with four wins in a row. And now Roger Smith is only behind Sven Goran Eriksson um, as uh, Roger Smith has eight straight victories to open up his Benfica career. Sven Goran Eriksson is the leader with 15 straight. So a little bit uh, ways to go to catch uh, Sven Goran Eriksson, but he's definitely in good company whenever you can mention uh, uh, Sven Goran Eriksson in the, uh, the same uh, sentence there. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I heard. I don't know if you mentioned Dave because I was I was reading something. Best start in, in the past 40 years? I don't know if you mentioned that. Uh, that's including all competitions, yes. So that I, 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 I didn't mention that, but I did read that uh, as well. So I think after that 15-game start by Ericsson, and this is back in, in the 80s, obviously, um, there was no one that, had a, that has had a, a better start than what uh, Ro- Roger Smith has had for Benfica. Now look. You know, stats are, are what they are, and, and records are, are, are meant to be broken, but, but certainly, um, you know, you have to be ha- – I'm happy, man. Don't, don't, don't – I don't want to – I don't want to find – I don't want to find any flaws. I don't even want to talk about the fact no. that I think that Roger Smith is making the substitutions a little too late to keep rotating this. I don't even want to mention that. I just want we'll to get, stay, we'll get, stay there'll positive. Be a part, there'll be a time of the season where we well, you might have to you think? nitpick – I mean, I maybe, I that's just, my, maybe that's my brain again, <laughs> trying to turn yeah, negative. But yeah, I just I don't want to, man. I just want to yeah, enjoy it, man. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. I just it. I just want to enjoy it and and not nip. I'm not going to nitpick. I'm I'm just not going to. I'm not going to nitpick. Um, we'll, we'll wait for uh, Cristiano to come back to start nitpicking. Yeah, you can nitpick. You can nitpick all he wants. I'm I'm just going to ride this wave, baby. I'm going to ride this wave. Fifty something thousand that started to lose for this game. I think uh, against uh, what was the other game that they uh, was it Oroka? The what was the first game? They've had fifty like fifty something thousand every time that they've played at Stade de Luz. So um, even including uh, the game against um, what was it? 
Dinam. Who was it here? Dinam Kiev. Uh, yeah, Ruka to open up the season, and then Michelin and Dinamo Kiev. Yeah. Who are the other two opponents? So anyway, Champions League, baby. The the, the moment we were all uh, waiting for. PSG, Juventus, and Maccabi Haifa uh, from from uh, from Israel is uh, the teams that um, that we got. Uh, Dave, how do you how do you feel uh, how do you feel about this draw, man? I I said last week I wasn't too scared of of Juventus. Juventus I know yeah. I know you had some hesitations where you you kind of wanted to uh, avoid them, but um just from a personal aspect my brother-in-law is a huge juventus fan and i see the struggles that uh, he's been going through kind of like uh, us the last couple of uh, seasons and this is not the the juventus uh where they pulled off nine or ten straight Serie A uh championships they're they're kind of having to rebuild their team here post ronaldo and um i think we i think i think we're going to take some points away from juventus i'm I'm optimistic on uh, on that that draw. PSG, I mean, they're they're a super team. They're they are what they are. They've got easily probably the top three. Uh, got three of the top ten players in the, in the world on that that squad. It's just a uh, a FIFA PlayStation team that they've got uh, there in Paris. So yeah, um, those those results will will speak for themselves. But um, that it's it's ultimately going to come down to those two games against Juventus, and um, I I hope we put we do our business against uh, Maccabi Haifa as as we should, but it's going to come down to those those two games against Juventus. Yeah, I think so because as you mentioned, PSG will be PSG. But here's the the thing, man. Um, PSG with all the talent that they've had, they they oftentimes struggle being a team. Uh, because of all the the egos and individuality, so I'm hoping that that could be the case. But certainly, I mean, all the money that they've dumped into that team has been with the sole intent of winning a Champions League, and they haven't done it. So every year, as they step on the field um, to debut in the group stages, that's always ha- that always has to be in players' minds. Is that this is going to be the year, and let's get on a good roll here. Uh, but look, I I thought that uh, that Porto and Spartan got a little little better groups. I think. Um, but look, I, I think that Juventus and in, in, you know we'll we'll see where where we end up. Um, I think that Juventus, we could. I think we could compete with Juventus. I think that if we get a good result at at uh, at Stade Luce, um, even if we go and, and lose in in, in uh, Turin, uh, I think that if we split that, we could be in a good situation. And obviously, we can't underplay uh, Maccabi Haifa. Uh, and last season, we opened up the group against uh, was it Dinam Kiev that we opened up the group stages against Dinam Kiev and and. We could have won that game. We went to, we went to, uh, we went to play them there, and I think we yeah. tied them. And I don't know zero if, zero zero yeah, zero if, and yeah, you're right. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you remember that. That was the game. That was the game that I kept saying we could have been in such a much better position at the end of the group stage without having our calculator in hand if we had just won that game. And we could have, we should have won that game. We should have mm-hmm. won that game. Yeah. Um, but I, what I wanted to look at is I wanted to look at how um, 
how these fixtures set up and and how they fit within the uh, within the Portuguese calendar. So we open up uh, against uh, Maccabi Haifa um, at home at Stadio Luz. Then we we travel to uh, to Italy to play Juventus. Uh, in between, we have Famalicão, which is not not too bad. Uh, we have Maritimo and Vitoria before we uh, we host uh, Messi and company at Stadio Luz on the 5th of, uh, of October. Uh, then we have uh, Riwav splitting uh, that uh, that turn fixture uh, where we will travel to Paris to play um, PSG. And then uh, between PSG and Juventus, which that Juventus at home could be a very deciding game, we have a trip away to the Dragao. Yeah, that's going to be a tough stretch yeah. there. Yeah, I'm looking at this. We have... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in October. Seven it's no rest for October. the weekend, uh, for the wicked here as we ramp up towards the World Cup break in uh, October. And correct me if I'm wrong, there's still going to be Benfica is still going to be playing games while the World Cup is going on for the Tasa the Liga. Am I not mistaken on that? So, I mean, we not we might not have our, our top players available to us during that uh, that time but the team itself if i'm not mistaken the the league is still planning to hold the toss of the liga during that time uh span as well yeah i i don't know i haven't looked that far ahead dave but i i, I think there might be a shutdown uh for a couple weeks if not it, maybe two or three weeks there'll be a shutdown i have to take a look but i i think it would be very unfair uh, for uh, for Benfica to have to play the Tasa de Liga, with, especially when you got you got Otamendi, Enzo, Enzo most likely most likely will make it to um, um, to, to the Argentina squad, right? Vertonghen, even though he might stay with the team, he's gonna go. Uh, who else are we, we talking about? Uh, Flacudimus. I don't know if it's, I don't know if Greece is going to the World Cup. To be honest with you, I don't think so. No, no, no. But then you got you also got Neres, who will get that call up, right? Um, Rafa, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's probably going to get. I mean, hey, do you think Morato starts getting a look at for uh, for the national team for Brazil too? I know Verissimo has gotten a, a couple of call ups well, there, but well, it'll be a, hard to see if he gets uh, back his form in time to to get a call up there. Yeah, that's the thing. I just heard. I I know that the the, the CBF, uh, the Confederação Brasileira de Futebol, was in Lisbon to uh, to assess uh, to assess Verissimo. So definitely with the eyes on on the World Cup for sure. And from what I understand, this coming week or towards the end of this week, he's going to start training uh, without limitations with the team. So. Uh, we're gonna see we're gonna see Verissimo here in the next couple of weeks, making making some appearances in the next couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, but I, I think that would be terribly um, unfair if we have to play Tasa de Liga games with uh, with a B squad. So I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, I it's to... not it's something that we've done basically the last couple of seasons anywhere where we throw our, our reserves on. Uh, yeah, but, but this, on, this would be by this would but be not by on purpose. Choice. Yeah, not yeah. on purpose. Yeah, not on, not on purpose, but but certainly, uh, you know, it's gonna be. Um, but I haven't looked that far ahead. We need to look and, and see how we set up. I maybe when we got the uh, international break coming up at the end of September, uh, middle of September, we could discuss that stuff. Uh, but certainly, you know, 
Um, not a terrible group, but I, I think that uh, we could we could still do something. Uh, at least I think that as long as we compete, I think I'll I'll be satisfied. Um, I don't think it's it's there is any shame if if you went if you finish the group in in third place. Um, if you think about you know Juventus may, making a a resurgence of, of, of sorts and get their shit together by then. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too ashamed if we uh, if we come out of the group in third, as long as we were able to compete somewhat with uh, with both of those teams, uh, and we could actually take some points at home with Stadio Luz, you know, make Stadio Luz what, uh, what it used to be, the Inferno de Luz. Um, so I'm, I'm a little, we'll see. We'll see, man. But I think it's just, I'm, uh, I'm it's just a lot of games. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this uh, this Juventus team might be scary on, on paper just by historically what they've been able to do, but they are struggling this season. They tied uh, Mourinho's Roma 1-1 uh, this this uh, past weekend, zero zero against Sampdoria. The weekend bef- before, they they've only got one win all, all season, and that came against uh, Sassuolo. But um, anything can happen, and I think the way that this team's been playing, uh, Benfica has been playing uh, this season. I, I think we can take away a point there in Turin and grab all three in Lisbon, and and then we're we're sitting comfortably there going into the last uh, match day. Yeah, no, and I agree with uh, Cesar Silva is also saying if we go to Europe, Europe League, we will be one of the favorites to win the cup. No, I agree. I agree. I I just think that, uh, you know, just the way we've been playing and the way we'll progress and, and hopefully we'll, we'll continue to, to the trend upward and we'll get better and better and, and also pick up a couple of guys that, that we need to kind of add some depth to the squad and add some quality to the squad. I think that we're going to be in a good place. So we'll see. And Rui Pedro Braz, we trust. My man is racking up more miles than, uh, than I don't know, than Julius Verne. Uh, anyway, let's uh, turn our attention now to uh, Vizela. This Friday, since Bifiga plays Tuesday. Uh, what's uh, The game is uh, 7 p.m. local at Stade Luge. What's Vizela up to this year? Vizela are currently in 12th this season with five points uh, from one win, two draws. One uh, loss, that loss coming against uh, late minute there against Porto uh, a couple of weeks uh, back. Um, historically, in the previous six meetings, uh, five wins, one draw. Last season, we got the late last minute goal from Rafa in the 98th minute to get a one uh victory at Vizela. However, when we returned back to the Estadio de Luz, it was uh, a 1-1 uh, draw. So... Um, Vizela did give us some some uh, troubles last year, and uh, they already proved this season that they can be a handful uh, in the match that I saw uh, versus uh, Porto. But yeah, uh, at home and the way this team has uh, been rolling, uh, I'm hoping for another positive uh, result here. Yeah, no, I, I, look, I think they um, they they're very well coached. Um, that the one dude that wears those, the guy with uh, the bonnet. The bonnet, yeah, and he has that beard. Dave, you ever seen that those things that you crochet and it's like, and it's like a beard, but it's really like part of your hoodie, and like you crochet like a beanie hat, or you guys call something else up there in, in the toques. 
Yeah, you call it, and it and it, the the toque has a beard also that like goes oh. around your mouth. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Oh, I've never seen those. But uh, that's what this beard, because his beard is nice and strong and, and full. It always reminds me of always reminds me of that. But yeah, look, they're well coached, and as you mentioned, they've already given they've given some trouble to 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 Porto, uh, and they only lost that game in in the in the dying minutes of uh, of that game. And they almost made it out. They're definitely going to give us some problems, um, but I think that the biggest thing is is the team can't get uh, can't look past that game towards the the Champions League. And I'm I'm pretty sure that Roger Smith will will, will have him focused on the right game because um, after winning four games, go, winning sole spot of uh, of the league, uh, and having an advantage, you don't want to squander that. You want to make sure that you continue to be focused, that you win these games, because oftentimes it's these the games against these little teams that are going to make the difference at the end, and not so much the head-to-head thing. Uh, so, and, and that's where teams uh, lost lose most points. And and look, we we need to get back to just winning at Stadiolus. Last year we we lost 15 points at Stadiolus, if I'm not mistaken, and that to me is is unacceptable, especially. Because of the amount of, of support and the fans that go to the stadium, I, I think that we as fans deserve a lot more from the team uh, than a team that is, is going to lose points at home against these these minnows. So hopefully it will be a good result. Um, I, I think uh, I'm going to go uh, 3-1. What do you think, Dave? I'll go 3 nothing if you're going to go 3-1. Okay, let me, let me write that down. I, I got to go back to... Um, to what we said last uh, last week. I know, I know, I was off for Boavista. That's for sure. Three nothing. And what did I say? I said three one. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see what uh, what we wrote here. What I wrote. Uh, so you had two one. Against this was the Boavista game because we didn't predict the. Uh, the pass. The, the You had yeah. two one. Pedro had three one, and I had uh, three zero. There you go. Could have so, made some money. Could have made some money. Could have made some money. Yeah, man. But uh, look, in- encouraged by what I've seen so far, it's great that we're not squandering um, lifelines that are the t- that the teams are, are giving us. Um, and uh, yeah, you know the SLBES was talking about the the Champions League and. No talk about third place. I, I, th- I, very realistically, I think that we have a very good chance uh, to come out of the group stages and go into the knockout stages of the Champions League. Uh, and as you know, I've heard us here mention, especially Dave, uh, that Juventus hasn't really been the, the team that that we've we've seen in in years past. E- even when they had uh, Ronaldo, you know. I thought they've kind of been on a decline, as Dave, Dave has mentioned. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be that fixture between us and, and Juventus is going to determine the outcome. But we also need to uh, get all six points against Maccabi. And hopefully Juventus will, will drop some points in Israel or something like that. But, you know, we can't, um, you know, we can't. It's just we need to remain focused, man. We can't we can't let up. I mean, we've had so many let up, let ups throughout these seasons where you're positive one day and then you come back the next day and you're like, oh no, 
Are you you got one forty five minutes that you play good football, and then you got another forty five minutes that the team is unrecognizable. And how many times did we see that last year? Plenty, plenty, plenty of times. So it's good to see some consistency. It's good to see the the boys focused and and, and mentally ready, and not get shaken up by by allowing a goal, even if it's against the run of play. And I mean, we saw so many things. Um, from Benfica in, in the past couple seasons that were just, uh, you know, it was just head-scratching and frustrating as all hell and and sad and depressing. That I, I just want to be happy. I have the right to be happy. I think all Benficistas have the right to be happy. You included, Dave. And, and yep. Cristiano also. We, it's time to strut. Uh, like, we got that extra pep in our step. And, you know, we yeah, all, man. like, it's just, it's still early, but let's enjoy it while, while we can because God knows these, uh, these past two seasons have, uh, have not gone our way. Yeah. Let's see what everybody's saying here in the chat. Cesar says 4 nothing. Carl Zamaro says 12 nothing. That's it. That's the way. The, the easy misses come to an end. Yeah, imagine if we start pulling all those goals away, man. Wow. Then 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 you know what the narrative is. Oh, Benfica they got to give these little teams a chance, you know, they're it's not nice what they're doing. <laughs> it's Almost disrespectful. Like that, yeah, disrespect like that B-sub game when we we The B-sub and the Nacional game. Also, that well, we the, beat the Nacional game, at least Nacional had 11 players on this the field B-sub I think had 9 and Two two goalies playing out of their their positions there, yeah. but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get a let's get a, a, a big yeah. uh, big score line here, like a yeah. Liverpool nine nothing uh, that they just put up this past I, weekend. I, yeah, I agree with uh, with uh, with Cesar. It's it's a big improvement from recent past. Yeah, man, we deserve it. We deserve it. We deserve it. You know, we can't be we can't be three years without winning a title, man. We can't be. You should be winning a title minimum every other year. Minimum. Because things happen. There's renewals. There you lose you lose players. It's it's like I kind of dread for the end of the season uh, because I already know that they're, we're gonna lose we're gonna lose Enzo most likely. And that we might, is just probably we, going, we, going yeah. Because the thing is that when you start you know playing and you start you know kind of coming to the top and making highlight reels and this and that teams are teams are taking notice you know and you got player young players with with the enormous amount of of talent and, and margin for progression so it's great man hey um, just uh, just uh means uh our boy Pedro Braz and uh Ricosta just go in and doing have another good uh transfer season next year if that's the case with some extra cash in their uh their wallet yeah, I got a I got an update for you, Diogo, uh, on Orta. It's currently uh, three a.m. and Orta's probably sleeping. That's my <laughs> update on Orta. I don't know, man. I I don't know. I think that happens. Uh, but we also talked. Uh, there's also talk about what Kamada uh, was it uh, was it Japanese Japanese player that's playing in uh, in Germany. Kamada K A M A D A. Um, and then also the the dude from Lyon that uh, that has a bunch of vowels in his name that oh, I can't, uh, I can't pronounce. Aoui or something like that. Awar, Awar, something Awar, like that. Yeah, yeah. Cristiano is uh, 
Cristiano just uh, him and uh, and Ruben Smedu just went to uh, Orta's house, Orta's house, Orta's house with a with an AK. Chris, no, Chris, <laughs> Chris is not. Him. Chris is not with the AK. Chris is the guy with the flashlight. He, he's the one that's making Orta see the light to come to Benfica. Right. He's doing the flashlight. Yeah, he's doing the flashlight. He's knocking on his window and he's got the flashlight. Who know? Who knows what's going on there? Who knows what's going on there? Yeah, but uh, yeah, the Kamara. I, I, I'll be honest. I watched Kamara. I liked him as a guy that plays in between lines, and the OR guy um, that plays in Lyon. He just—it's an attacking, but he also could play as an eight. I don't know if we need another guy like that. If he could play as a ten and a guy behind a striker, then I'm I'm good. A guy that plays in between lines and associates well and combines well has some technical ability and and please let him have an outside shot because God knows we don't take enough uh, shots uh, from uh, from outside the box. So, but yeah, man, good, Dave. That's all we got, man. You, do we want, do we want to? Uh... Oh, preview uh, Maccabi Haifa because I mean they're they're we're already playing next Tuesday. I don't for, know any. You uh, want to? You want to preview? I've got some. All some, right, let's, uh, let's do it. No, so no official meetings between both clubs. Uh, Maccabi Haifa is back to the uh, back-to-back champions of the Israeli uh, Premier League, and they qualified for the Champions League for the third time in their history by getting past uh, Olympiakos. Uh, Apollon uh, Limassol from Cyprus and uh, Red Star Belgrade uh, here. That's uh, how they got to the Champions uh, League group stages. And uh, yeah, I think like we've uh, we've mentioned here, we got to take business, uh, take care of business against uh, Maccabi Haifa if we have uh, any chances of of qualifying for the uh, the group stages. Yeah. Um... I was gonna say uh, there was uh, what's what's that the the one dude that went from Benfica and he's playing in Israel right now uh, I forget his name big 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 roundhead center back he actually became a, uh, an Israeli uh, citizen so he, he's gonna play for the Israeli national team oh, man what is his name what na- what nationality was he prior Portuguese man you played it you came up at uh, Benfica you even played at Benfica. Oh, um, uh, what's his name? Chat, help me out. Miguel Miguel Vitor was that him? Miguel Vitor, yeah. I no, think that's him. is it? Miguel, is it Miguel Vitor? I don't know. Wait, I think it, yeah, it was Miguel Miguel Vitor. I think it was Miguel something. Diogo Reis says. Haifa isn't isn't Champions League. Miguel Vitor, yeah. Shiku Marcelino, what's up, Shiku? Uh, yeah, Miguel Vitor was a dude. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he became a <laughs> became an Israeli citizen to play for the Israeli national team, and uh, apparently there was this huge outcry because he got he, he got naturalized um, to play for the, the Israeli national team. Yeah. So, yeah, Dave, what do you got? That's all you got. We play That's Tuesday. We got yeah. It's from here on in. It's going to be two games to recap and two games to preview all the way. We got that international break here at the end of the month, but then other than that, or at the end of September, other than that, uh, pack your bags. It's going to be uh, a long, uh, long uh, trip here leading up to the World Cup. It sure is. Yeah, that's all we got. But uh, before we go, just just a quick uh, couple quick shouts. Um, Benfica ladies uh, won the Super Cup against Sporting. They were tied going into uh, the extra time, and then they beat Sporting 4-1. 
in the Super Cup in Leiria. Uh, and also Fernando Pimenta, who is uh, he, he, uh, he's like a canoe, he's a canoe guy. I don't know, you know, the paddle, you know, whatever. They have like different names in, in Portuguese. Canoe, kayak. Kayak, yeah. Some, that guy also became a uh, champion. Was a world champion or a European champion? I'm I'm not sure, but yeah, that that dude is always in the finals. He's he's a freaking monster. He's a monster. But yeah, big uh, big shout outs, uh, big shout outs to them. That's all we got, Dave. You got anything else? Nothing else. Uh, I like they're at the bottom. Winning August. Can't recap it better than that. There, all for yeah. Home. That's it. A winning August. I wanted. I was gonna say perfect, but it wasn't. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> but definitely winning. Well, what what would you say that wasn't perfect from uh, from the month of August? Well, I don't, we want, got, it, I don't got... want it. I don't want a nitpick. Okay. So if you don't want a nitpick, then it's a perfect August. Yeah, exactly. And, and yes, uh, Diogo, thanks for for reminding me on on a, a more somber note. Uh, the Sosu number one uh, passed away um, either yesterday, I believe. He was a hundred and one years, if I'm not mistaken. He was our oldest Sosu. So yeah, so a little bit of somber, and you saw the the teams with the with the black band, uh, the team with the black band today uh, during the game. Anyway, that's all we got. Thank you very much, all the Freddies for um, for for keeping us company and and for being lively on a chat. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, next week, Cristiano will be back. So any of you guys that want to uh, to check back in or or check back out, whatever, <laughs> Cristiano will be back and. And, uh, and that's it. Don't forget to like the like. like I'm going to do my, my uh, influencer shtick. Don't forget to <laughs> like and subscribe and activate the little bell for every time we come live, you get those notifications. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Later. <laughs>